Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chuck, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chuck for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time hey everyone it's ted from consumer cellular the guy in the orange sweater and this is your wake-up call If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Scary. These are scary times. Guess who the government is aimed at now? Plus, natural immunity. Remember when that was like a thing? All that's coming up on I'm Right. Remember January 6th? Hang on, hang on. We're not doing a big rewind on January 6th. But do you remember January 6th? I want you, before we get into this story today, I want you to remember it. Because it was, it was an important, important day. January 6th. That was the day Donald Trump holds this big rally in Washington, D.C. Then, rally gets out of hand. We still don't know all the reasons why it went out of hand. There are so many lies and conflicting reports out there. We don't know. But people end up, people on the right end up, walking into the U.S. Capitol. 
that lots of them say they were the doors were open for them. They were welcomed in. Some say otherwise. They're there on the House floor taking selfies. Some guys sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk grabbing beer out of her fridge. It, it was a, just an odd day, right? It was an odd day. But I remember that day, and this is what I remember very, very well. Hang with me for a second. I remember, of course, the entire left screaming from the rooftops that it was an insurrection, it was a coup, it was the worst day in American history. We've never seen anything like this before. I remember all that. Okay, well, that's fine. The communists are going to do their thing. But I remember something else. I remember the right. Not you, probably, but I remember the politicians and pundits on the right. And sadly, let me just say this, sadly, people with big platforms, what they say does matter. I mean, we don't want it to matter. It shouldn't matter. You know, what LeBron, Shane, what LeBron James says about politics shouldn't matter. Who cares? But it does matter a lot. People who have a huge following, and that means people listen to what they say, and what they say matters. It matters more. It does. It sucks, but it's true. I remember almost everyone on the right saying, oh, you're, this is a dark day. Look at this deadly coup. Five people murdered by the right. This is a dark day. Shame on us. We are better than this. Immediately. I mean, before a single fact comes out, they get some, get some video on the internet. Oh my gosh, it's, this is a dark day. No calm, no logic, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's wait for the facts. Some of them to this day still push it, although most of them now have kind of backed away. It was awful. Mike Pence was maybe the worst one. But, I mean, I'm talking pundits too, not just politicians. This is the worst day ever. Oh, my goodness. Okay, where am I going with this? There were, again, about five of us on the right who said, okay, let's calm down and slow down. Obviously not a great day, but insurrection coup, five people murdered. None of that's true. It was a bunch of unarmed people wandering into the Capitol where they weren't allowed to be. Let's, 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 let's style the rhetoric down a notch here. Let's not, let's not give the communists all the ammunition in the world. Now, ammunition for what? Well, what have I been telling you from the very beginning, from that day? What we're in right now, we're in a situation, this is a dangerous situation, it is, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you, we're in a situation where the communists control such a gigantic portion of American society, even, even outside of politics. But let's just focus on government for a moment. The communists are in such control of not just the House, Senate, and Presidency, FBI, CIA, DOJ, EPA, IRS, they're in such a position of control there, the Democrats realize this, and they're going to try to do something. And again, I've, I've been screaming about this for, for a couple years. I can see it coming. They're going to try to now label their political opponents, label you, label me, as enemies of the state. Now, why? What's the point? Why would they try to declare you a domestic terrorist? Well, it allows them to use the forces of government to destroy their political opponents. Now, I don't have to run attack ads on you if I'm a Democrat. Hey, FBI, got a domestic terrorist over here. Maybe you need to pay them a visit. Maybe you need to intimidate them. It's what I've been warning. 
That's why I was telling the right to shut up with all this ridiculous coup talk, because I could see, remember, the communists don't, don't care about January 6th. The communists have been using it since the day it happened to build up this excuse to go after you with the FBI. And of course, the right didn't listen till about 15 minutes ago. And then they're like, whoa, this is too late. I, I mean, you remember Merrick Garland, right? You remember Merrick, uh, Merrick Garland blatantly lying to Ted Cruz in this little exchange? Will you commit to this committee that under your leadership, the Department of Justice will not target the political opponents of this administration, will you commit that that conduct will not be acceptable under any Department of Justice you're leading? So, uh, absolutely, Senator. Here's the latest and greatest, and I know this might not get a lot of play today, and maybe the sky will fall again tomorrow and we will forget about it. I want you to pay very close attention to this because this is a lot bigger deal than anybody realizes. This is from the DOJ, a memorandum sent out by Merrick Garland. In recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. While spirited debate is about while spirited debate about policy matters is protected under our Constitution, that protection does not extend to threats of violence or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. And we're just going to pause right there for just a brief moment. Don't worry, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. I'm going to pause there for a brief moment. Protection does not extend to threats of violence. Okay, I'm sure you have no, have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Nobody, You don't need to be yelling at school board members. You're going to beat them up or something like that. But Or efforts to intimidate individuals based on their views. Now, what do you think these school board members, what do you think they consider efforts to intimidate them to be? Have you thought about that? It's all about interpretation. Moving on. The department takes these incidents seriously and it is committed to using its authority and resources to discourage these threats, identify them when they occur, and prosecute them when appropriate. Now, what are you seeing here? What are, what are, what are you seeing? This is exactly what I've been warning was going to happen. The communists now... They understand full well they have complete control of everything. Remember, not the House Senate presidency. It's not what we're talking about. They have the entertainment industry. They have the American media. And probably most dangerously, they have all of the federal bureaucracies, including the armed ones. And before we go on here, I just, I just want to make sure you understand something. Because a lot of people don't realize this. I spent a lot of time with cops and law enforcement, some FBI agents in my time. And... You understand that these guys have the power to completely destroy your life like that, right? You don't, you don't have to commit a crime. You don't. If they aim their sights on you and want to destroy your life, they can destroy your life. Your job gone, wife gone, kids hate you, mother, even your own mother won't speak to you. Oh, yeah, you may get acquitted in the end, but your life destroyed. Law enforcement has that power over you. Now... Are you sure you want the FBI 
as an arm of the Democratic Party? Because where this goes from here is really, really, really bad. We now finally are at a place in a nation where parents are awake and they're upset about their kids being masked in schools. They're upset about their kids learning to cut their penis off in the first grade. They're upset about their kids learning about this, all this Black Lives Matter critical race theory crap. And parents are stepping up at these school board meetings and saying, no, how dare you? The federal government's response is to sick the FBI on these parents, to intimidate them into silence. Do you even understand what is happening right now in this country and how truly scary this is? And keep in mind, we are on how many years now of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, two of the various communist wings of the Democratic Party, violent vile street gangs who have multiple body counts on their record and the Federal Bureau of Investigation isn't even looking into them. Under the anti-government category or subcategory of domestic terrorism, would that include groups like Antifa or Black Lives Matter uh, folks who commit violence or acts of domestic terrorism? Well, we don't identify uh, groups, uh, but individuals' actions. So if individuals uh, are committing actions that would be in furtherance of anti-government or uh, anarchist ideals, then they would fall into that category. How many acts of violence or domestic terrorism has Antifa committed over the last two years? Since we don't uh, categorize Antifa, nor do we... uh, uh, calculate or or, uh, collate information regarding Antifa, that movement, we don't have that, uh, but we could provide you information on anarchist uh, threats and cases in general. They don't even have a label for them. What? Antifa? What? I don't... Who's this? And uh, Bob, have you ever heard of Antifa? I mean, I know about these white supremacists, but uh, Antifa? That's, that's a thing? That's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, where am I going with this? You're going to have to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And the right has allowed this to take place. Because the right refuses to use any of its power when it gets its power. And it it does this for a bunch of different reasons. One, and this is most often the reason, it's just flat-out cowardice. We just have a bunch of spineless, pathetic losers on our side who don't want to fight back. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to get yelled at so they don't do it. Sometimes it's because they actually get paid by the left and their various leftist institutions and they don't want to look into things. You'll hear this a lot. You'll hear this from your favorite pundit. Well, probably not your favorite pundit. You'll hear this from right-wing pundits and politicians. You'll hear, you'll hear words like this, phrases like this. They learn in high school English class. That's not who we are. Oh, we can't become like them or, or we lose who we are. I mean, you see what Democrats are doing with their power. They took both barrels of the FBI and pointed them right at their political opponents. Do you remember what Bill Barr said? 
when he was asked about all this. Remember, Bill Barr, he gets appointed attorney general, and he's appointed attorney general at a time when he is told the Federal Bureau of Investigation is lying to the FISA court in order to spy on the political opponents of Democrats. Bill, Bill, what are you going to do about that? Here's Bill Barr. Well, we don't need a tit for tat. But this cannot be, and it will not be, a tit-for-tat exercise. We are not going to lower the standards just to achieve a result. The only way to stop this vicious cycle, the only way to break away from a dual system of justice is to make sure that we scrupulously apply the single and proper standard of justice for everybody. There's a difference between an abuse of power and a federal crime. Not every abuse of power, no matter how outrageous, is necessarily a federal crime. Now, as to President Obama and Vice President Biden, whatever their level of involvement, based on the information I have today, I don't expect Mr. Durham's work will lead to a criminal investigation of either man. Our concern over potential criminality is focused on others. Of course. We don't want we don't want to step on any toes. I mean, I'm sure James Comey under Barack Obama, I'm sure he launched a investigation involving wiretapping Barack Obama's political opponents, and Obama didn't sign off on that. I'm sure he had no idea. Of course he knew. Of course he signed off on all of it. And what do we do when we take power? Hey, we don't want to tit for tat. We can't. Look, we don't want to go after people here. We're going to be better than that. They take power, and they immediately try everything in their power to destroy you and everything you care about. You know why they're winning? Do you want to know why the communists are winning? Why they've taken over every single part of this society over the last hundred years? You want to know why they're winning the game? They're the only ones playing. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got uh, some shocking video about those vaccines coming out. Yikes. But first, stressful times, huh? I don't know about you. I could use a dip right now. You might come back from break and I'll have a dip in my lip. But if I do, it'll be a Jake's Mint Chew because they bailed me out. You dippers, you smokers, listen to me. I know it's hard to quit. The only people who say it's easy are the ones who've never done it. I dip for years. Jake's Mint Chew is your path out because it's tobacco-free and it's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And yet it allows you to get that little fix. And may I recommend, this is just a personal choice. They have a bunch of different products. But may I recommend the CBD pouches because they really take that edge off and you know what that edge I'm talking about is. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Use their promo code JESSE. That'll get you 10% off. We'll be back. Okay. I think we have to have a talk. Isn't it kind of creepy how every single public health measure is aimed towards the vaccine? Vaccine, vaccination, vaccine, vaccination. Doesn't it weird you out? Even if you're a vaccinated person, I don't care whether you got vaccinated or not, it means nothing to me. Shouldn't it creep you out a little? We can't talk about 
this treatment maybe being successful or this prevention measure being successful or we can't talk about something that has always been a thing my whole life, natural immunity. I mean, I don't know how old you are. I'm 40. I distinctly remember chicken pox parties when I was a kid. You'd go and try to give the other kids chicken pox. Why? Because you get it once, you're immune. For some reason, natural immunity is treated as some weird junk science now because only the vaccine will save you. Well, Pfizer, thanks to Project Veritas, Pfizer got caught on camera saying some very, very, very interesting things. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like, not better, but more antibodies against the virus. So, I mean, well protected? Yeah. Like, as much as the vaccine? Probably more. How so? Like, how much more? You're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response we're like bred and taught to be like like vaccine is safer than than actually getting covid you cannot like talk about this in public if you have antibodies built up like you should be able to prove that you have those built up i mean i still feel like i work for like an evil corporation we're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. That's not me talking. That's from the horse's mouth, as the saying goes. Isn't it weird how we don't talk about natural immunity? We don't talk about various ways to treat it. Everything is vaccine or you want people to die. Again, I don't care what you what decisions you've made when it comes to getting vaccinated or not. If that doesn't creep you out a little or wake you up a little, I would suggest you're not thinking about it. Are you in debt? Have you piled up a bunch of debt? I, one, I, I want to be clear about something. I've had a bunch of ups and downs in life. I get it, okay? It, you don't have to be feel embarrassed. And most importantly, and this is most important because this is what happens, you don't have to feel like it's hopeless. You know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you're looking at the bills, and you're never getting ahead. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's someone to help. Total Financial Freedom has been doing this for 15 years. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. This isn't some fly-by-night company. In some cases, they'll cut your payments in half. Just make a phone call. Make one phone call for me, all right? 877-332-8291, 877-332-8291. Make sure you mention Jesse Kelly and they'll send you an extra something free. Make one phone call, all right? 877-332-8291. Tell them Jesse Kelly told you to call.
good citizenship through the Bund of Reconciliation to protect me and millions like me. Sorry. I enjoy it. Joining me now is Matt Boyle. He's the Breitbart News Washington edi uh, political editor. Matt, um, why am I supposed to care? I, I understand we're supposed to like Kristen Cinema right now, but Democrats like Cinema have used these radical communist groups, BLM and the illegals and the LGBTQ and everything else, to harass their political opponents forever. They're the street enforcers for these groups. I couldn't care less that cinema got followed into the bathroom and on a plane. Enjoy your monster, Dr. Frankenstein. Well, I mean, that's the whole point here, right? Like the Democrats have set, by the way, the funny thing is the Democrats have set up Halloween as their deadline, their new deadline after the previous like 17 deadlines have failed. But the, um, uh, so yes, this is literally Dr. Frankenstein's monster that they've created. Uh, and, and, and frankly, uh, the the group that is behind these attacks on Senator Cinema uh, in the bathroom there at Arizona State literally is uh, funded by a, in addition to gaining George Soros funding from Open Society, uh, they've also gotten money from a, a political action committee uh, that is funded by several of Cinema's colleagues, uh, Senators Catherine Cortez Masto, uh, Alex Padilla, Bob Menendez, there are others uh, that are all on the board of this group called Bold Pack, which gave money to this group, uh, Lucha, uh, that uh, uh, is behind the, you know, again, chasing her into the bathroom. So, by the way, it's worth noting that the senators, uh, those senators, uh, Kathy Cortez Masto in particular, who faces a very tough re-election in Nevada next year, uh, Republican former attorney general Adam Laxalt, who's endorsed by President Trump, is, is neck and neck with her in the polls right now, totally silent about this. And, and again, she literally funded or helped fund uh, this attack on the bathroom, uh, in the bathroom on her colleague. But I mean, look, this is the left on display for you, right? Like, I mean, it's a total freak show. It's, it, it, you know, we'll see if they're going to be able to, uh, you know, revive their zombie bill again and get it done. I don't know. Uh, there, there are seriously irreconcilable differences and in, in disagreements policy-wise uh, between the various Democrats. I mean, again, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are on Mars and the rest of the Democrats are on Venus. They're so far apart. They're on different planets. They're not even in the same uh, on the same planet, never mind in the same ballpark. So uh, it, 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 the freak show continues, I guess, as we go forward into October. We'll see if they're going to be able to figure it out. But the other thing that's going to complicate things here is that they have a debt ceiling deadline coming up in less than two weeks. So if they're, uh, you know, and the Democrats are going to be responsible for this. I mean, the Republican senators have made it clear they're not going to vote to raise the debt ceiling. So that's on the Democrats. And the question is, is are they going to be able to do that in the middle of all of this? And uh, it's just a proof that if you elect these crazy, psycho psychotic people that, you know, this is what you get. You get a dysfunctional government and crazy, neurotic behavior from uh, insane people. Matt, let's set, we're going to set aside the $3.5 trillion bill for a second because I have a couple other questions about that disaster. Let's focus on the debt ceiling thing you just brought up here. Why are Republicans not participating? There's a reason. What's, what's the reason Republicans have just washed their hands of this thing? 
Well, look, the way they see it is, if you listen to Mitch McConnell, you listen to the Republican senators talk about it, the way they see it is, is that this is the Democrats' mess. They control government. They won the election. Okay, fine. The Democrats have the House. They've got the Senate. They've got the White House. It's their problem. They, and they can do it via reconciliation. The Senate parliamentarian has ruled that they can do that. Senator Joe Manchin has said that he'd be open to going that route. Uh, and uh, it's their problem, not the Republicans. The Republicans are washing their hands of this. Now, in addition to that, you've seen public polling on this. It shows that the American uh, public would, if the country does default on our debt, which would be the first time that this has ever happened, uh, and again, it would happen under de complete Democrat control in Washington, that the American people would, by and large, in a, sig a significant plurality, blame the Democrats and not the Republicans. So there's definitely politics at play here, but there's also uh, simply, you know, it's not our problem. It's their problem. You know, they're, they're, they can't even get their own agenda passed, never mind uh, keep the lights on and pay the bills. And so the the again, incompetence and um, uh, 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 complete failure is what you get when you put Democrats in charge. And I think that's the message that the Republicans want to send to the country as we turn the corner at the end of this year, head into 2022 in the midterm elections. Matt, okay, let's focus on the $3.5 trillion bill here, which is, I, I mean, honestly, I'm sure you could go into some details on it. The more I dig into it, the more frightening it is. What exactly is the holdup? What is the problem with this Democrat versus that Democrat? What is the argument they're having? Well, first and foremost, we don't, there is no actual bill yet. So the American people can't read whatever it is these people are negotiating out and closed doors, behind closed doors, and so on and so forth, all the different parties. But they, they can't agree on a top line. So Joe Manchin wants to go only as high as $1.5 trillion. The left says that they've already compromised by going down to $3.5 trillion. There's uh, now apparently uh, some reports just today that some of the Democrats are, uh, even some of the hard lefties, like Pramia Jayapal, uh, she's the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, and she's, she's frankly the acting president in the United States. Like, I mean, it, the, nothing happens unless Premier says it's okay. Um, and uh, the fact of the matter is th th they've come down now. So they're willing to go uh, down to the $2 trillion range. So they're still hashing out, like, exactly what the top line is going to be. Once they agree on that, they still don't agree. We don't have any clear idea as to exactly what policies are going to be in this thing either. So we don't know on that front either uh, how that's going to shake out. So, uh, and again, we don't have bill text. So this is this is being crafted in some back room uh, right now. And until such time as we actually get a draft piece of legislation that is introduced, which by the way, they're going to do the same thing they always do in Washington, where they introduce it as close as they possibly can to the actual vote. And then they try to jam it down everybody's throats before anybody can read it. Uh, but the fact that the fact that they're trying to cook this up, uh, a bill that would arguably based off of what they are saying publicly fundamentally change this country uh, is frankly, disturbing, spooky, Freaky. I mean, this is really scary what they're doing. Uh, and, and the American public should be scared. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's haunted house is not functioning the way the House of Representatives is supposed to function uh, when uh, no matter which party is in control. Pramia Jayapal, a lot of people heard that name and they don't know who you're talking about. You just said she's the acting president. Who is she and why does she have so much power? 
She's the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. So she is the chairwoman of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. They're kind of like the left-wing, uh, leftist version of the House Freedom Caucus. So uh, your viewers, our listeners and readers at Breitbart, we're very familiar with the Freedom Caucus because we hear from a lot of these members all the time. Um, they're the, like, the left-wing version of that. And they just shut down. So they were trying to pass out of the House of Representatives last week this $1.2 trillion bill that passed the U.S. Senate on bipartisan lines. Yet Pramia Jayapal refused to allow the votes for it. So she had all of her members lined up 50 or so or more. Uh, she says she had at least 50 willing to vote no on a bill that they say they support because it's part of the bigger agenda. They say the two bills are linked, the 3.5 that we were just talking about and this already passed Senate bill uh, are linked, uh, but the uh, they, they held that bill up, uh, they held that vote up and they wouldn't allow the votes to uh, to go for it because they're, they're trying to force the hand of Manchin and Cinema in the Senate and get the Senate to move on the other bill before they allow the vote on this bill. So she literally stopped and the, literally everybody from Joe Biden to Nancy Pelosi, I mean, Joe Biden, the president of the United States literally went to the Democrat conference in Congress on Friday last week to try to soothe the tensions and break the impasse and they wouldn't agree to it. So, and again, that shows you that the real power lies with Pramia Jayapal. She's the one that decides when there's gonna be a vote and if they're gonna allow the agenda through uh, the US House of Representatives. So she's got the real power uh, in Congress right now. Matt, one last question for you. I'm sorry to keep you so long, but this is such great information you can't get from other people. Okay, Joe Biden, everyone remembers he showed up. You just brought it up. He showed up at the, uh, at the conference to speak to the Democrats. I'm told, now you're a lot more in the know than I am, I'm told he didn't even take questions. He wanted to, his staff stepped in and walked away. So why even let him go? If the president isn't going to go schmooze his way into some votes, what did they accomplish? Well, look, they were trying to, uh, show, you know, use the bully pulpit, if you will, right? Like bring the president, first off, you're 100% right, that, that, accounting uh, of events is, is accurate. The president wanted to take questions at the end of it and then some aid whisked him away uh, and wouldn't let him actually take those questions. From This isn't even in a public thing. This isn't even like a press conference. It's not televised. It's a private meeting with Democrat lawmakers. And so the president didn't want to take the questions because they, the, the, the aide didn't want the president to take the questions, the White House officials, because they were afraid that some of these lefty Democrats were going to lock uh, uh, Biden into a further left wing position or the, the, the converse is true. The other side, the moderate Democrats, so to speak. I mean, there's no such thing as a real moderate Democrat. But anyway, the people that, that you know, are not as far left as Premier Jayapal and Bernie Sanders uh, uh, may uh, lock Biden into a different position. Uh, so they were afraid that uh, that that he would uh, commit to something that he couldn't deliver on, especially given these deep and serious divisions, which is frankly the beginning of the Democrat civil war. If they can't get this stuff solved soon on their side, and and by the way, Nancy Pelosi has a history of being able to do this. So don't count her out yet. It's not over till it's over. Uh, but uh, again, if they aren't able to solve this, these problems. You're gonna end up with a massive inter-Democrat party civil war down the road. So they've got, they've, the clock is ticking. We'll see if they're gonna be able to hit their next imaginary deadline of Halloween, but who knows at this stage. Matt Boyle, love Breitbart, love your stuff, man. Thank you so much, man, I appreciate you. Yep, thanks, anytime, brother.
How about that for some inside baseball? All right. <clears throat> you own a home? If you own a home, your home title is not a piece of paper. And if you feel dumb about not knowing about home title theft, please don't. I didn't know about it. I didn't know about it until I picked up my phone one day and checked my email, and I'm looking at my home title, and it looks like I took a loan out on my own. And it's got my signature. It looks like my signature, totally real looking, and my wife's signature on it. And I, what? What is this? This is the cybercrime that's sweeping the United States of America. And law enforcement can't stop it ahead of time. These cyber thieves are too good. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up because they can. They will detect any tampering of your home title and they will shut it down. You understand if these guys get you, they can get you evicted out of your home. It's that big of a deal. They'll take loans out against your home. You have to pay them back or get evicted. HomeTitleLock.com. Go sign up today. We'll be right back with Dave Reboy talking national divorce. Hang on. There were 3.2 million Trump voters in New York State. That's a deep blue state with over 3 million red voters. I mean, what are you going to do? Move them all out to where? Wyoming? I mean, it just it it becomes where an impossible thing where we're going to have to leave millions of conservatives behind. And it's really just unlikely that even even the ones who want to move, I want to move, and I'm still kind of stuck in in, in where I am uh, for the for at least a short term. So. I, it's it's more like logistics that I really don't think can happen here, and I I also just don't want to give up on our cities. Like, why should I surrender New York City because crazy people have decided that they're in charge? It wasn't that long ago that Rudy Giuliani was mayor, and you know Michael Bloomberg after him, not a Democrat either. Really, not that wild to imagine that New York, you know, unfortunately might hit that rock bottom again and go back to Republican leadership. Maybe she's right. That is, of course, my good friend Carol Markowitz with the New York Post joining me now to talk about national divorce, as he and I do often, and many other things. My friend Dave Reboy, he is with Late Republican Nonsense on Substack. Go, go, or Late Republic Nonsense. Go subscribe to Dave's Substack. You're going to find it more interesting than about 99% of the writers out there. He's also a senior fellow at Claremont Institute. Dave, I know she's not here but she doesn't bring up bad points. You know I'm a national divorce guy, too. Obviously, the, you were talking about this before I ever brought it up. But she doesn't bring up bad points. No, or is she wrong? No, she doesn't. Um, I don't think she's wrong if, at all if she's talking about today. Um, at this moment, she's completely correct. Um, I think the way I look at national divorce is, is that it's a process, process over long term. A lot of the objections that she makes are completely valid. Um, you know, they're, they're all kind of logistical issues. And I think these logistical issues, as we go on, are, are, are either going to sort themselves out, um, uh, really, or not, based on, uh, you know, based on the motivations of the people. You know, I mean, yes, if it's, if it's kind of bad in New York and New Jersey and, and California, I don't know, maybe some people will leave, maybe other people will stay. But if it's really bad, more people will leave and more people will decide that it's just too crazy to stay. So I think, um, you know, in, in my piece, I was talking about the general trend lines and saying, and, and at, at the very end, I said, no, this isn't an action plan. It's not something that we press the button and we do tomorrow. But I, I really do think that it's important that we keep talking about this because, you know, for a number of reasons. The biggest reason is more Americans need to understand that we have 
huge things dividing us in terms of uh, in terms of how we feel about the most basic things. And these things are philosophical, and they manifest themselves in uh, in in political issues every day. Um, and um, and they are the reason for our disunion. And it's no surprise. And and you know what? I mean, in many ways, I'll just say, okay, you know, uh, I'm not going to put down what the left believes necessarily. I'm just going to say, you know, go go and 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 have your worldview, and uh, as long as I can have mine. Dave, why can't we press a button on it? Now, I, I understand you're right, and I don't think it's likely to happen. And I realize this is a pie-in-the-sky dream from some community college idiot. But we do hate each other. We hate each other. We despise each other. And I don't, I don't make any bones about that. It's not like I point fingers about it. I hate the communists. I despise them. And they feel the same about me. So why can't we get a neutral arbitrator, or, or, or one or two? and come together and say, I hate your freaking guts. You hate my freaking guts. Let's sit down and decide who gets the dog, who gets the kids, who gets to find China. Why can't we just sit down and do it? Well, it's because, as we've been talking about for the last couple of years, we just don't have the institutions that are required to make, uh, you know, to make a successful go at it ourselves. You know, we've got, uh, we've got everything from the financial institutions to uh, to the cultural ones, to the educational ones, um, we've got a you know frankly we've got a system of government in the United States that has been completely perverted from from the uh, for, you know from from the regime intended uh, to be set up by the by the founders. Um, we have you know basically federalism on life support, um, an administrative state that's run out of D.C. that's essentially unaccountable. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and look, I mean, it's, it's very hard to sort of escape that. You know, it's hard to press a button and say, okay, we're going to do federalism now or we're going to, you know, we're going to break free now. Um, at the very basic aspect, you know, the, uh, we're going to need modes of communication for, you know, for ourselves. We're going to need, you know, supermarket chains and, you know, other types of businesses that, uh, that enable us to, uh, to, to keep ourselves afloat. In um, you know in a in a you know in a, in a divorce situation with um, you know with with Blue America you know Blue America right now they hold a lot of the cards uh, they hold a lot of the 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 institutional cards the cards we hold obviously are um, you know I mean we have the food we have you know um, a lot of the other natural resource you know types of types of things I think frankly we have the um, you know, we, we have the political energy um, and the will as well, but um, you know, it's it, it's too messy. And the reason why I'm talking about it and have been talking about it for some time um, is we need to press on this issue of of autonomy. We need to be able to do things for ourselves, build institutions and businesses um, and industries for ourselves that. Um, you know that will enable us at some point in the future, maybe if we want to. You know, if uh, you know, if if uh, if it keeps going down this road of acrimony, um, you know, to, uh, to to have some sort of a um, you know a, a political separation. But right now, we're just we're not ready. But the but the American people need to know that you know we should be ready. Are, I also don't think the American people, including most of the right, are ready mentally for it. 
Why aren't they ready, Dave? I suspect, and this is just a theory, obviously you can shoot me down, you do often when I say stupid things, I suspect it has more to do with tradition and fear of change than anything else. When you bring up a, a breaking up America, people on the right are obviously much more patriotic. Why? I love America! And then there's the, well, what does this mean for me and my family and my supermarket chains? Am I off base there? Not at all. I think you're. I think you're completely right. Um, I think that you know there's a natural inclination, especially from folks who are kind of temperamentally conservative, kind of spiritually conservative. Is you know they don't like change, and also as you said, they're 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 American patriots, and they grew up with this idea that you know frankly was kind of silly, which is that the United States is going to be here forever, which is not really a thing. You know, it's not really a thing that that regimes will last forever. Um, they 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 come and go like all human things. If they once do. you recognize sure once do. you recognize that there will be an end at some point, okay, fine. Now the discussion is about when that end comes. Yeah, it's only a matter of dates. Dave Reboy, go subscribe to his Substack, Late Republic Nonsense. Dave, thank you so much, my brother. Thank you. You're not wrong. I know that's sobering. And I, and I love the reaction I get whenever I talk about it on my TV show or my radio show. It's something people are passionate about, but I do think it's for the best. We, we want to stay home, raise the kids, barbecue, church on Sunday. She wants to go do black tar heroin with a band in Europe. We don't have anything in common anymore. Let's just stop doing this. All right. We got light in the mood. Next. We have an app. The First TV has an app, and it's free. What do you get? Well, you get all the First programming live all day long right there on the app. And, and this is the part I love the most, and I understand I'm biased. I love that I get my favorite shows on demand. So whenever I want to watch, oh, I don't know, I'm Right with Jesse Kelly, I can watch it all day. And don't think I don't do that. Go get the First TV app now from your app store. It's free. We'll be back. You know what I love about the ocean? How scary it is. I love being out on the water. I love swimming in the water. I'll be honest with you. But part of the swimming in the water, snorkeling, scuba diving, whatever you do in the ocean, part of it is the thrill of looking down and you don't know what's under there. And you don't know what's out there. Check out this video. Oh, no, no, no. Thank you. All right. We got a great show for you tomorrow. I'll see you then. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.